Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. You got your Bibles? Go to Zechariah chapter 5. I really want us to help us understand what these scrolls are all about. And I'm going to do my best to help you see something this morning that you probably haven't seen before. And if you have, who are? If you haven't, well then, once you're blind, now you can see. These are important that we understand these scrolls because you're going to see in a minute why these are so important because they have your destiny written on them. Well, that would have been a good amen. (laughs) They have your destiny written on these scrolls. Zechariah chapter 5 verse 1. I looked again and there before me was a flying scroll. What use is a flying scroll? What good can a flying scroll be? You think in one day he's either been smoking something, drinking something. But he's seen something in a spiritual dimension that God has to help you see. So, and he asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. 30 feet long. 15 feet wide and he said to me all the time God is asking him what is he seeing to making sure that what he's seeing is accurate well I see this is the curse that is going out over the whole land of Tameside didn't say Tameside here I'm putting that in for according to what it says on one side every thief will be banished according to what it says on the other everyone who swears falsely will be banished The Lord Almighty declares, I will send it out and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name. It will remain in the house, in his house, and it will destroy it, both its timbers and its stones. Let's put that in contemporary language. Let's just say Zachariah has just seen what happened in Drawsden on a Friday night. Zachariah, what do you see? Well, I see a scroll and on it, there is writing on both sides. It's for the, the murderer. It's for the, for the murderer, the thief, the swindler and the liar. I'm going to send a curse upon his life. I'm going to send a curse upon his house. Yes? You see, church, I said to the guys, can you just take me down a wee bit, uh, Ralph? I'm echoing a bit here. I said to the guys this morning, straight away, we will not let that escalate. We will knock that out of our town straight away. That is not coming on our doorstep. We will not allow it. The boys will tell you. Straight away in my spirit I went, that is going out. As soon as I, said, as soon as I heard it on the radio, I said to Carol, someone's going to get hell up there. Someone's going to get hell. Why? It's our job to police our wall. That's why we are a governing church. Knock it out. So church, don't accept it. Well, it's the sign of the times. Not on our watch, it's not. Not on our watch. What is the point of having a church if it can't affect its environment? We might as well close the doors, go home. Yes? So you can hear it and go, oh, I'm that bad. You heard about that guy who got shot? Hey, we've got to do, we've not only got to go from news readers, we've got to become news makers. Why is it Drawson's got no crime? I don't know. Everyone's moving there. Why? Because we've cleared the thing out. But we church, this is where we've got to stand up and rise and pray and push that thing back. Amen? Zion's trying to break out. Hell's trying to break out. Who's going to win? Absolutely. So we don't take, for, we don't take that. We don't acknowledge that. Or should we acknowledge it. We don't receive it. And last week we talked about Zechariah and how the Holy Spirit helped him to see into the spirit world. If God wants to send a message to us, how does he send his message? 
Well, sometimes it's by someone speaking. Other times it's by you reading your own Bible. You know, some, it's possible to read your Bible and see something that's not actually there. It really is. Why? Because the Spirit of God opens your eyes and gives you an understanding. It's possible to hear me say something, but as it comes to you, it comes to you completely different. Why? Because the Spirit of God will open your ears to understanding. You catch things. You see things. And without the Holy Spirit opening our eyes, we will not see things we need to see. We will not hear things we need to hear. We will not touch things we need to touch. This is why the Holy Spirit must be present at all times in our lives. This is why worship must be saturated with God's presence. We don't want to sing songs, do we? We want to draw his presence. Now, sometimes you look at the numbers, you think, well, the the numbers are not here this morning. We can't draw on God's presence. One on one. I need an audience with one. That's all I need. Me and God are a majority every time. Amen. And we see on these scrolls here that on both sides there's something written. And God's trying to get a message from the heavens to the earth. He's seeing that the environment is completely messed up. There's lives, there's thieves, there's liars. It just sounds like downtown Drawsden. And you can put whatever environment you want, but I guess as you go around the world, pretty much those thieves and liars are there somewhere. So God is trying to get a message to the earth to reverse it. And to carry on with the building program. Because they were building the temple. And these things were destroying the work on the ground. Yes? And it just seems as you're getting yourself off your feet. You're getting some strength. Something comes and hits you. Why? Because it wants to, it wants to weaken the work on the ground. Yes? That's why the Bible says, pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers. The Bible says, pray for workers. The church needs workers. Yes? You know, there might be a work shortage around the world, but not in the kingdom. There is not a work shortage in the kingdom. So, thieves and liars, and it's going to go into the houses. So what we speak is actually going to go and find people. It's going to find systems, and it's going to begin to change them. That's why this word is living. It It just doesn't only save your life. It affects everything around us. Don't be so um, narrow-minded to think that now you're saved, that's all that matters. No, no. The same scroll had to come to your life showing you that Jesus was right and what the person was telling you was accurate. It's the same scroll that needs to go out for many, many other things. And every time a scroll gets sent out from heaven, it has different things written on it because it has different, re, uh, different purposes. And right now, there's a scroll heading your way. Yes? You have to be able to see in the spirit realm. So your prayer should be, Lord, open my eyes. That I can see what you're saying to me. You cannot understand this Bible without your eyes of your heart being opened. Your natural mind will not figure out what it's trying to say. It's a book that's being revealed. And the Holy Spirit will teach you as you read it. Amen? So you need to see. Now we need seers. Seers, people who see things. In this church we need seers. When I read the word, I see this, I see that. When I hear God, I see what he's saying. When I close my eyes in worship, I see. Do you understand? We can't be so closed-minded or ignorant or anything like that. We can't. Being a Christian is all about seeing. Some people say seeing is believing. No, believing is seeing. You believe and you see. You don't see and then believe. That's the dimension of the Bible. For, you know, it's, it's not the reverse. 
It's not, well, I see, I'll believe and then I'll begin to see. Sorry, I'll see and then begin to believe. No, no. As you trust and believe God and, and trust in faith, say, Lord, I don't understand this, but you know, you've said it and I'll, I'll believe it and I'll walk with it and I'll work with it the best I can, but you're going to have to show me. God will show you. He's work, you're giving him something to work with. You're giving him your faith. You're giving him your trust. You're giving him your obedience. That's all God can do, can ask from you. And as you do that, God will help you see. Am I the only one? <laughs> we need people who are prophetic, I'll call them prophetic pilots. So the scroll's in the air. Someone's got to be able to bring this thing down on the ground. Houston, we have a problem. You know, it's, we've got to be able to see that what God is saying and then land it on the ground. This scroll was in the air. Zachariah had to bring it down on the earth. Yes, we can't be so heavenly minded and caught up there that my feet are not on the ground. Something has to be, this is reality. That's supernatural, this is reality. And we have to bring the super on our natural. That's the only way. And that's how people begin to see, because people look by the natural. But you and I, my friend, though we live in the natural, we also live in the spirit. So as we live in the spirit and walk in the spirit, we will begin to see the supernatural over our lives. I've seen the supernatural breakout so many times. Things that in the natural cannot explain. You lay hands on someone and cancer goes. How does that work? What's in my hands? Nothing, just flesh and blood. But there's a spirit dimension coming from heaven upon me and I'm just a point of contact. You're just a point of contact. How does somebody get healed? I can't explain it in the natural. I can't explain it in the natural. How do... Crippled bones become straight. I don't know, in the natural. But in the spiritual, spiritual, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick. And the prayer of faith will make them well. That's fantastic. I don't understand when I go to sleep and I have a dream and God speaks to me. And I know it's God in the dream when I'm asleep. So my conscience is, sorry, my, my body's at rest. But I'm communicating with God in a sleep, in a dream. And anybody been there? And God speaks to you. And even you can be knocked out, completely knocked out under drugs. And yet spirit speaks to you in your subconscious or in your spirit man. And you're, you're a compass mentis. You know exactly what's being said. You know what you're saying. And even though your physical body's come, you know, spaced out, you know in deep within your heart that you spoke with God. Has anybody been there? That is a supernatural dimension. That when you wake up, you go, I know God just spoke to me. There's no explanation for that other than the one I've just given you. Yeah? You see, some people will, will get the microphone and they'll say, you know, I see, I see a rainbow, you know, in the sky. And they'll just, and they'll go, I just see a rainbow this morning. Beautiful colors. God's just showing us all the wonderful colors and give me the mic. And what am I supposed to do with that? They didn't land it. It had no language. It had no power. It had no purpose. They just saw a rainbow in the sky. Wonderful. If I close my eyes, we'll all see something. True? There's a difference between you just closing your eyes. Oh, I see fire all over us this morning. Wonderful. That's great. I'm not belittling it. What I'm saying is, is without you landing it and giving it some language and giving it some direction and purpose, you saw fire. I don't want you knocking, hitting the, uh, the fire alarm saying there's fire in the building. That's not the message. What is the message for us? Zachariah had to land this message. 
He couldn't turn around and say, can you imagine in a church, I see a scroll and it's big and, and I don't know, I just see this paper flying through the air. It's no good unless it has a message. It's no good unless you can land it on the ground and speak it out. What is God saying? We need to know. So the first lot see, the second lot can hear, but they don't land it. We need to be able to interpret the contents of what we're seeing and what we're feeling. If you're in work tomorrow, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. He can speak to you. And as he speaks to you and he grabs your attention, you have got to be able to interpret what he's saying to you. You must know why he's saying it and what he's saying and how to use what he's saying in your life. If you just hear this voice or this impression in your, you're going to, I just, am I going crazy? I keep hearing this voice. Hey, oh, there's a scroll. It's coming down now. What? There you go. You see? It's prophetic. <laughs> now I could interpret that movement then, couldn't I? I saw that flying down towards, and she read, now what is it? The interpretation with church we see. There's an interpretation. Thank you, Lord, for that illustration. It's wonderful. On time as we planned it. Supernatural up here. It's just supernatural. Things happen. You just, you're listening. On command, the angels. A little bit of blow. But where do these scrolls come from? I'm glad you asked. These are pages released to us from the books that are kept in heaven. Now, if you go to Daniel 7, verse 9, I'm going to show you something. So the scrolls come from somewhere. They come from heaven. But why just scrolls? Well, turn in your Bible. I'll show you. Daniel chapter 7. It's in the Old Testament. As I looked, thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. The air of his head was like white wool. His throne was flaming with fire. So if you saw the fire, you you did see something. But you forgot the rest of the message. And its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing from out of before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousands, ten thousands stood before him. The court was seated. And the books were opened. Then I counted to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and his body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. Now last week I told you about declaration, how God loves to declare. Did I not? And I said that a declaration or to declare means to make known, to announce officially. To state emphatically, to show, reveal, and manifest, and to make known one's choice and opinions. That means to declare. God, when God releases his scrolls, he wants us to announce them on the earth. Okay? He wants us to declare them. So it's no use just being in the air and we've seen it. They are brought to us. His word is brought to our lives for a specific purpose. To change your life, to change your destiny, to give you hope, a future, to give the church power. God brings these scrolls to our lives so that we can make new proclamations on the earth. Because these are government, they've come from the head office of heaven. 
They've come from the governmental headquarters. Yes? This would have his majesty's stamp all over it. Yes? So, when we think about the throne room, we often think about worship and angels, don't we? As, I, as we were closing our eyes this morning, we were getting a glimpse of heaven and we were thinking, oh, we're, we're, our worship is wonderful and, and the angels are singing with us and, and, and wonderful. That's only part of it as you enter the presence of God. Whenever you see the throne, what do you think is on the throne? A king. A king has a scepter. A king makes decrees. A king rules from his throne. So worship is the entrance point for the government to be released. It's not just about presence. It's not just about worship. That's wonderful. But on that, when you're in that throne room, it's a governmental place. Do you see this? It's not just all, oh, oh, it's wonderful. Yes, that's part of it. But he's there's a king sat on his throne, ruling and reigning. He's ruling nations. He's ruling kingdoms. He's ringing territories, ge- um, geography. He's ruling people. He's ruling systems. And he sends his word out. And when his word's released, things begin to change. In fact, the whole earth shakes and trembles at his voice. Why? When you're in worship, God connects us with the throne and then gives us his scroll to go out of his presence and make a decree. That's why worship is governmental. It's not sentimental. It's governmental. You're in the place of the throne. And very often we think it's just a sentimental place. It's not. It's a place of power. That's why our worship starts in the throne room and works out. It doesn't start on the ground going up. Why? Because we're already seated in heavenly places with Christ. We're ruling and reigning with Christ. So our position has changed. Though we physically live on the earth, our spiritually, our position is in the heavens with Christ. So as we begin to worship, we know his heart. We feel his heart. We sense what he's saying to us. So then when we go out of his presence, we make the decree. Does that make sense? So we are in, we're using worship to make proclamations on the earth as well as bring glory. Where most churches had just sent, just, just lost up there. You're not meant to be lost. You're meant to be awake. Don't go get, don't buy a ticket for the mystery tour. Stay focused when you're in the heavens. Lord, what were you saying to me, Lord? What do you want me to say? Lord, what, what are you saying to the body of Christ this morning? What are you saying to my, my friend across the road? What are you saying to that poor man you see in the street? Lord, what is your kingdom announcing this morning? That's the right use of the kingdom, the throne. And here we see in this scripture, I just read to you in Daniel, that their thrones were set in place. You see it? Thrones were set in place. Everything's established. The ancient of days, number two, the ancient of days takes his seat, which is a place of rulership and government. So when Daniel explains... You know, when it's in the spirit and the ancient of days, listen to what he says. Let's break the scripture down. Thrones are in place. The ancient of days is sat on his throne, which is a rulership. His throne is surrounded by flaming fire, which symbolizes what? Purity, holiness. Yes. Then there's a river flowing from the throne. Wherever the throne is established, you know why there's a river? Because things are meant to flow out of the throne. That is the point of origin, the throne. 
Everything must have a point of origin. So it flows out of the throne. You're connected in the spirit and you flow out of the throne. You are a river. Amen? The river flows out. Where does it flow to? The earth. The earth is connected to the heavens. How does it get connected? You and me. You're the mobile, you're the Wi-Fi. You're God's mobile Wi-Fi. God speaks to you wherever you want to go. Whatever he sends you, you can hear God's voice. You can pick up his signal. Amen? No interruptions. Then, listen, here's the important thing. Notice what was seated right in the midst of all that. The court was seated. The rulership, the place of rulership, the place of government, my friends. In the midst of all that worship, there's a court in session. You didn't see that before, did you? The throne, there's more than just presence and glory and and singing and songs. There's a whole court system going on. Every time you go into the throne, the court is in session. Why does it have to be a court? Because he's making proclamations all around the earth. Do you know there's a proclamation being made over Drawsden? Over Tameside? Over Manchester? Over England? There are scrolls that have been released, but you know most churches have never experienced what it's like on the other side. So they don't know how to turn the environment around. They don't know how to turn the, the lives of the people around in church. And all we get is liturgy and, you know, and just boring services. There's no heart connection. So there's no proclamations on the earth. All we've got is, oh Lord, blessed our Father, keep us, watch us today. It's like, oh please, you're not going to turn anything with that. Then notice what's happened here. Books are opened. What are these books? Now we've got scrolls and now we've got books. The scrolls are pages from the books. Yes? And the page is like, as Phil's got his Bible open there, it's like God rips out, I'm not going to rip it out, don't worry. Rip out a page, right? And sends it to the earth. And what's on in the books? Your destiny. My destiny. The destiny of nations. The destiny for Drawsden. The destiny for Manchester. All these things are written. They come from heaven. And the books have to open. So when you're in worship and God realizes that he can trust us, he opens the books and he says, give that to Drawsden. Is this too deep? He opens the book and says, give that to Drawsden. And he just blows by the wind of his spirit. And the wind of the spirit blows it. And to the heart that is ready to receive it, some will see it in a vision. Some will hear it. Some will dream it. How, it depends how you're configured. And God just blows it in our direction. And it's been our joy to, in, in the building of the spirit to grab those scrolls. And pick him up and say, this is what he's saying about the dream center. This is what he's saying about our lives. Why? Because this is God's word. This is proof that God loves us, cares for us, and wants us to do his will. So when we see that scroll, it can come as a corporate word or it can come as a personal word. So as if I lay my hands on Carolyn and I'm praying for her, and then all of a sudden I feel God gives me a, a, a word or a picture for her, with, when I say a picture, not just I see fire in the air. I've landed the scroll, I speak with her. What God is doing, he's like, it's almost like he gives, it's like as um, Melon is writing this, it's like a memo, he says, give that to Carol. I give it to Carol, I'm just a messenger. I give this word to Carol, Carol keeps it. That's for her life, that's for her to pray through, listen to God, 
and walk with God and trust God for. All I was was the mailboy. Yes. The prophet is God's mailboy. But you know, the prophet has to see what the word is corporately for the church. If you're the leader, you've got to lead. What do you lead with? You can't live, lead with just, you know, with just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Style. You've got to lead, lean with, uh, lead with content. You've got to have word content. Something's got to be able to change lives. You can't just talk like a fool and expect people to sit there every week and listen. You must have substance. So a man must be able to get that substance. Well, some men go to Bible college for it. Some men go to university for it. Some men go to both. Some, some men just get mentored. Some, some men get tormented. Others get their information where they can. But that still necessarily is, may not be enough to turn lives around. God has to put his super on my natural. So someone has to be in the spirit. You've got to be in the spirit. I've got to be in the spirit. And here Daniel was seeing, he was in a place. He saw the, the thrones, the ancient days. He saw... The fire, he saw the water, he saw thousands upon thousands upon thousands in the courtroom. He saw the books that were open. And every time the books are open, something's announced. Yes? And then he sees a beast who was spouting out lies. So there was hell going on on the earth. So the books are opened so that Daniel can make a proclamation about what's going on on the earth. But he's showing him the future. When Daniel was seeing this, he was seeing hundreds of, well, we don't know how, how many years. It could be hundreds or even thousands of years in the future. That hasn't taken place yet. But he's seen it and God's given him a picture so he can tell us. So that we know what's going to happen. Does that make sense? So we can read the Bible and we can find out what is going to take place. Our position in Christ is so important at this point. We have to be in Christ. The church is, another word for the church is called the Ecclesia. And the Ecclesia means we're the ones who are called out. Called out from what? Called out from your life of sin and darkness. And you're called into a new position of light and relationship. So you are the called out ones. The church is the one place God uses and visits regular to change the environment. But we have to be, we have to keep our lives separate, set apart for him. If God's going to speak to us and use us, he has to find a bunch that's different from the rest. Does that make sense? So we are those, we are that, well, that group of people, I suppose. So the prophetic word is an integral part of the government of God. Wherever the court is, there's always a prophetic word ready to be released. See, it's like the houses of commons when they all stand there and, the, and then you get, David Cameron gets up and sometimes, I, you know, if I was there, and one day I just say, Lord, let me have a go just for one, for one day. And you see that, you know, the right honourable gentleman sitting to my right. I don't want to use language like that. I want to say, hey, you, you scuffer. I want to use my language. And they're trying to give this political jargon across the, you know, what do they call that thing in the middle? Anyway, whatever it is. Across the water to your opposition. When really you just want to get hold of him and give him a good hiding, don't you? If it was in Manchester, they'd be fighting. That wouldn't be able to stop you. You just run across and smack him on the head with a box or something like that. But prophetically, someone has got to be able to open a book inside the House of Common and tell them the word of God. What is God's ruling on what they're discussing? Do you understand what, stand that? So when they're talking education, what is God's ruling for education? 
Well, let's take away discipline. Oh, sounds like a bad idea to me. Well, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. God sees the beginning from the end. He sees what your decisions will create. The headaches they'll create. He sees the next generation and the generation and the generation after that living in this mess. He sees calamity, catastrophe by this decision. So someone has got to get a scroll in that place and say, this is the ruling of God. But our nation doesn't want to hear that. It has no place. Religion, they say religion and government state, should say, should be kept separate. Now, many years ago, you can understand why. But not today. We need a voice back in 10 Downing Street. We need a voice back in the House of Commons, the Houses of Parliament. We need, we need the word in, in, in um, Buckingham Palace. We need it in every sphere of governmental office in our nation. We need it in the military headquarters. We need God's strategy. Don't go to war. Israel always ask God, is it right for us to go to war? Yes? If you don't ask God, is it time to go to war? He let them go sometimes and they got battered. Said, you didn't ask me, did you, son? Oh, no. Right. You asked me. Now he says, now you can go. And, he, and he, they always seem to win with, with crazy numbers. Crazy numbers. Lord, shall we go, shall we go and give Argentina uh, the fist up about the Falklands? Shall we go and give the Spanish about Gibraltar? No, son, leave it. Why? Because you'll only get in the mess. It'll divert you. We've got to know what's God's heart for our nation. We've got to know what's God's heart for our town. We've got to know what's God's heart for my life and my family. We've got to know God's word for every aspect of church and government and kingdom. Amen? So, if you look at these books, what was in the contents of the books? Written on these books was the destiny of men. Whenever the book is open, my friend, your destiny is going to be spoken. The destiny of Drawsden, the destiny of Manchester, the destiny of, of England. This is why this tree is we've opened the book and out of that book, prophetically one night, we felt God say, speak to Tameside. He showed us a picture of a tree. That was our scroll. He gave, us, he gave us imagery and symbolism of a tree. He said, speak to that and this is what you declare to her. God told us exactly how to pray and what to pray. Did he not, church? So because of that, we can do that knowing we are not responsible for the results. We are responsible for praying. We're not responsible for how it happens. Amen? So, the books of the destinies of men. Secondly, in the books are written the destinies of cities, territories, and entire continents. All the nations were were, were before Daniel in his vision. So we can speak to any nation we want. We can rise up. We can say, Gambia, come into, into power. Zimbabwe, come into alignment. Ukraine, come into alignment. Why? Because all the thrones are included in the government. Providing we can get the scroll, we can speak to anything that God is declaring. True? You can even declare it. Whatever God is speaking, you can declare it. Psalm uh, Psalm 139 verse 15 says, My frame was not hidden for you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Listen. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So not only God see, he recorded Everything about your life in a book. Now somebody has to open the book. And unless someone can open the book, and and then from the book being opened, the scroll's released. 
And unless someone can see the scroll, how do you know what's been ordained for you? That's why the prophetic is so, so powerful. Why? Because let's just say I see David for the first time. And during the worship, I feel God say, go and tell him this. And as I tell him this, I don't know, I've never seen him before. But as God begins to speak and releases the scroll to his life, it makes sense of David's past, his present and his future. That's what the prophetic word does. All the confusion in your past gets, gets uh, brought into clarity. So your past, your present, and now your future. All through one prophetic activation. But the book has to be opened. The scroll has to be released. The scroll then has to be interpreted and landed. So the books have to be opened. Who opens the books? Heaven opens the books. You and I don't open the books. The court opens up the books. But the scroll is sent. You have to see the scroll. You have to grab the scroll, bring it down, understand its contents, and then speak it out where it needs to speak it out. I guarantee God is doing this with every one of us and you don't know it's happening. Every time you're going to worship, worship is powerful. That's why you receive things in the spirit. It's from the spirit that you receive these things. I think it's fantastic. The book's open, the scroll comes to you, you see it. So he says, before, before I was even born, when I was woven in the depths of my mother's womb, your eyes saw me, right? And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So before you come to be, God's already written about you. How's that, eh? When you're saved, what's the first thing? When you become born again, the first thing that happens over your life is that your name and your um, decision to follow Christ is recorded in the Lamb's book of life. So at the end of the age, when you die and you appear before God, your name, that's your, that's your royal invitation into heaven. Is your name Higginson on there? Yeah, he's in, right? Despite what you might have heard about the jokes, Peter's not stood at the gate and the Pope's not at the gate. I don't know who stood at the gate, but I know when we get to those pearly gates, my name's recorded in that book. Your name better be on that book. Right? Because you can't buy a ticket. There's no a man outside saying spare tickets, spare tickets. There ain't no tickets to be bought outside the pearly gates. You can't buy a ticket, spare ticket. Read your Bible. You can't buy oil. You can't get lamp, oil in your lamp at the lastminute.com. Yes? You can't buy it. It's not available. So... Psalm 102, verse 18. So we see that a single man, his name, his, his destiny, his identity, everything was re- recorded in a book for him. Now we see in Psalm 102, verse 18, let this be written for future generations that people yet not created may praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his sanctuary on high from heaven. He viewed the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners and release those condemned to death. So the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the peoples of the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord. So when the people assemble to worship the Lord, things will be released in their hearing about their generations. Things had to be written. Things had to be declared so that previous generations could understand. What has been written? So we see it goes from an individual to nations, to generations. Last scripture, Revelation 10, 10. So we've seen individuals, 
We've seen generations. Everything gets written for these people. How will they know unless the books are open? How will they know unless the scroll is sent? How will they know unless someone can see the scroll? How will they know unless someone can land the scroll? How will they know unless someone can interpret the scroll? Revelation 10.10 says, I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it so we can see it. What did he do with it? He ate it. Why? Because it's word. It's word. Then he said this, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy against, again about many people, nations, languages, and kings. So now the scroll's inside him. He's eaten the word. He's accepted the word. He's landed the word. Now the word's inside him. And guess what he says? Now let's see, let's see the geography of where this word's going to affect. It's going to affect many people. First of all, let's back up a little bit. You must prophesy. In other words, you must declare. You must make a proclamation. You must speak. Ooh. <laughs> you must be bad. What have you been doing? <laughs> uh, close that window then or put light down. For those not knowing what's happening, the scroll keeps flying on the floor around here. Then I was told, you must. Underline the word must. Prophesy, you must declare, you must speak, you must make known what it is that's inside of you. Amen? So then he says, you must prophesy about what? Many peoples. Sounds like the meerkats, doesn't it? Peoples. Nations, languages, and kings. I think he's pretty much covered the whole earth there. Don't you? Peoples, nations, languages, and kings. Wow. Wow. That's why, my friend, from the place of worship and prayer, all the earth can be affected right here in Jordan. All from here, downtown. How do you speak to the nations? Dead easy. Open your mouth. Get the scroll. Speak out God's intent. How do you speak to governments? Easy. Get the word. Speak it out. How do you speak to languages? Easy. We have the language of heaven that overrides every language. It's amazing. I pray in English and yet spirits in a foreign land can understand what we're saying. doesn't matter. Again, leave the DNA of it, how it works to God. You just do what he's telling you. Amen? You must work in and war in what is being given to you. Work in and war in. In other words, let me give you one final scripture and then I've got to go. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction. In keeping, is everybody there? Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction. In keeping with the prophecies once made about you. So that by following them, you might fight the good fight. Holding on to faith and the good conscience. Some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith. Let me read that again. So you need to work and war in what God is revealing to you. So Timothy, my son, I've given you an instruction. What's he giving him instruction about? About the prophecies, about the scrolls you've read, that you've received. 
the prophetic word that I've spoken to you, Timothy. Yes? The one, they were once made about you. When, I, when the books were opened in heaven and the scroll came to my life, I spoke them to you, Timothy. Do you remember? I gave you those words. I prophesied over you. You must hold on to them, Timothy. Because this, these scrolls are not just meant to be good experiences. They're meant to be markers. Guiding you towards your destiny. This is why you all need the prophetic word. Every one of us must have the prophetic word because the pilot needs to build a runway so that the heavens and the earth can come together but the kingdom can land. And we need God's word telling us how to do it, how to establish it because God's building his church, not you and me. He builds it through us. He builds it through his word. Do this. Okay, Lord, I'll do it. Do that. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. And every time he tells us, we put a marker down so other generations can follow. Amen? So he says, Timothy, keep hold. He said, um, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them, you might fight the good fight. Hold on to the faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected this and, and because of that, they've shipwrecked their faith. Now, if when we go back into Psalm 139 verse 15, we read that all the days ordained for me were written in your book. True? So we know that we're happy with David saying that. Lord, all the days were ordained for me were written in your book. We say, oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? No, that, that same applies to you. Now, Timothy. Timothy, how did Timothy know what God had for his life? Paul had to be like Zechariah, like Daniel. He had to receive from heaven the word so that when he saw people and trained people, he could set destiny into their lives. Destiny has to be set. Identity and destiny has to be set in people's lives. You can't give destiny without identity. People need identity. They need to know who, why they belong, where they belong. So as Paul put identity and destiny into Timothy's life, that was Timothy and the scroll now became living inside him. So now Paul says, you're going to have to fight for this stuff because some stuff's going to try and take hold of you in life. You're going to have to hold on to it by faith and by a good conscience. Those two things should keep you on the path. And later on, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Timothy, you've let go of the stuff I talked to you about. Timothy, I can see that the environment is affecting you, Timothy. Timothy, I can see that you're buckling under pressure. Son, hold on. Timothy was waning because the pressure was so intense upon his life. So Paul has to come back yet again. He says to him, Timothy, you need to fan the flames. In your life, get it going again. Get the fire going again. You keep letting go of the, of the word that comes and the scrolls on the floor when it should be in your life. So he says, Timothy, I tell you, you must guard it. You must learn to fight for it and war in it. Work in what I'm telling you and learn to war in what I'm telling you. Fight for some stuff, walk in some stuff. Fight for some stuff, walk in some stuff. Fight for some stuff, walk in some stuff. That's all you can do. Does that make sense? But if you don't fight the, the good fight of faith, then the scroll will just dissipate over your life. It won't mean anything. It won't mean anything. And God does not waste words. 
Now, how do you see all this? By Lord, the first prayer you need, my friend, is Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Let me see what this crazy man's talking about. Help me to see what he's seeing. I need destiny. I need identity. Lord, I need your word over my life. I need to know this Christianity makes perfect sense. I need to know what it's all about. Lord, you have to teach me. So God will send teachers across your path. All you need to do is work in it and war over it. Work in it, war over it. Work in it, walk over it. Most people, when they come for counselling, they've stopped working in it and they've stopped walking, uh, warring over it. And what happens is when you stop working and warring, someone walks all over you. Someone or something will walk all over you. Well, I don't have much time to continue. I must take my bow for my plane awaits me. But I hope this morning, church, that you you get a, a keener understanding of why landing this scroll is so important. All the way through the Bible, men kept seeing scrolls. All the way through the Bible, men kept opening scrolls. All the way through the Bible, you see the books open up. Listen, if it's littered from the beginning to the end of the Bible, how much is important it is that we must understand how the government of God works. We must understand you cannot fall asleep in this day. You cannot be passive with your Christianity. Things are happening at an incredible rate. Nations are being changed. Governments are being formed. Do you know that this week, I think, no, so in July, there's another nation about to be born? South Sudan? That will make 193 countries on the earth? Did you know that? No, why? Because we're all wrapped up with the kingdom of myself. Nations are being birthed. When I went to school and did geography, there weren't as many nations as there are today. The world's changing. Governments are changed. See, when you see a nation come to birth, you don't know what scroll's been released. You don't know what the court's been decreeing over those nations. Sometimes you have to war in some things before you get the blessing of it. Yes? Nations are changing, my friend. Britain is changing. Amen? And, and Drawsden's going to change. What happened on Friday night is not acceptable. Now, I know you agree with that. But now you're going to war in it and walk in it. You're going to say we decree over the same side, over Drawson, there is no crime going to take place over here. No, sh- I banish it out of our, out of our, our, our uh, environment. This will be a greater place. This will be a safer place. If we have to shut the pubs down, we do it. Hey, I'm pretty good at shutting pubs down. I don't want to take people out of business, but listen, if these are the places where people will manifest their anger and frustration and stupidity, then something has to go. We want a safer street for our kids to play in. Straight environment. We want our ladies to be able to walk down the street on a Friday night and not fear. Amen? So let's stand to our feet. If you will, please. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcentre.co.uk.